Welcome to the Startup Brewery Podcast, where we discuss all things related to startups, open, and growing breweries from concept to execution. We are pleased to partner with All About Beer to bring you this podcast. You're joining us today for episode 003, The Dream, Foundation Essentials. I'm Laura Lodge, here with Candice Moon, and we're excited to welcome you to our podcast this afternoon. Our mission today continues the thread from our gut check episode, where we discuss the critical questions that you should ask yourself as you make the decision to move forward with your dream. Those were the deal breakers, the alarm bells to respect and the signals that should be heated lest you move forward into hazardous, potentially disastrous areas with a new business. Today, we follow that with the first fledgling steps for moving forward, assembling those essential elements to create a solid foundation upon which to construct a compelling business plan. This discussion makes this ephemeral, hypothetical, what-if scenario very much more real. When you consider ownership structure, sales, costs, production, and hard factors like ceiling height and waterline capacity, your dream becomes boots on the ground real. So get ready to get your hands dirty. Okay, so today we have with us uh, Dustin Dustin Hauk of Hauk Architecture, uh, who has been... um, working with startups uh, in the beverage industry for, what, 12 years, 11? Yes, about 12 years now. We have Brooke Bristow with Bristow Beverage Law, uh, a nationwide law firm with a focus on South Carolina, uh, who's also been in the industry for, I want to say eight, but I could be, am I undershooting? Yeah, my 10th year anniversary is next year. Wow, congratulations. And William Camacho with Harvest, um, a engineering startup consulting firm, uh, also nationwide. Um, And William's also been in the industry five, seven, six years. 14 years. (laughs) 14. Okay. How much? Oh, one, four. I didn't get that. 14. Okay. Wow. This is crazy. So we have a lot of knowledge with us today. So let's jump in. Um, So... I'm going to start with Brooke, lawyer to lawyer. Um, in terms of someone who's looking to start start a brewery and establish the groundwork um, from a legal perspective, what should they be looking at? Right. So, you know, now that we've kind of cleared some of those initial hurdles um, that you know one goes through when they decide to take on you know an endeavor like this. Really, what we want to be looking at is, you know, what I'll just deem, you know, kind of legitimacy. Um, and with that, we're talking about, you know, what is the structure of your business going to be? And by structure, I mean, you know, kind of some of those, <clears throat> some of those legal things. Do you want to be a corporation, whether that's a C corp or an S corp? Do you want to be uh, an LLC? Um, or, you know, we've seen some people they just want to be a uh, you know, uh, a general partnership or a sole proprietor, or, you know, these, these kinds of, these kinds of things where, um, you know, we're, we're just talking about how you're going to structure a company. How are you going to keep records? How are you going to, um, assess liability? How do you want to manage the company? You know, what's the level of, um, formality that you want to have? Um, because without structure, there is no, um, 
there's no money. So your dream becomes a nightmare <laughs> uh, if you don't have the money. So when you are, you know, and maybe you're, you're not looking to, you know, bring on investors, maybe you're able to self-fund it, but this is still um, super important to how you, how you do that. So um, that's really the big first thing. Um, you, you need some sort of, some sort of overarching uh, business structure to your company, because then that's, that's how you move forward to, um, you know, whether it's talking to investors, whether it's starting a bank account, whether it's, um, you know, getting your licensing or filing for a trademark or, you know, business license, any of those things that you're going to do further uh, down the road, um, just bringing you, <clears throat> you know, the, the structure brings you legitimacy when you're having those conversations with those various uh, people, regulators, possible investors, um, you know, there's tons of different ways you can, you can structure it. Um, but really, you know, kind of the, kind of the main points would be, you know, how do you want to manage it? How do you want to, um, you know, what kind of liability do you want to have or not have? Um, and then, you know, just kind of record keeping, um, you know, and these are all things that are done state, you know, state by state in terms of like qualifications for, for certain ones. Um, but, yeah, so really, it's going to come down to those things. Or how do you want to be taxed? That's another important thing, and 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 those are things that obviously you need to kind of assess uh, for yourself when you kind of uh, if if you are taking on investors, you don't necessarily want them to because they might try to dictate. But you know, seeing as you might have your own idea plan uh, for how you want this to go, um, it's important to to have that before having those conversations, so people will take you seriously. So do you ever have people come to you with an idea that is potentially complicated with the licensing in your state? Uh, sure. Um, you know, just and every state's going to have their own quirks in time in terms of like how licensing works, who, you know, the big one is who needs to be on a license. And so generally, you know, if, if uh, for example, in South Carolina, like if you wanted to do some kind of you know, co-op structure where you've got, you know, 200 some investors, like that would be an absolute uh, nightmare, depending on, you know, kind of what entity you chose, whether you need to disclose all those people and every single person has to fill out paperwork um, or whether it's something where, well, we just appoint, you know, we just have a single manager of an LLC who might only be a 30% owner, but they're the only person that needs to be on it. So, so really, uh, you know, Complexity is, you know, can be an issue depending on um, what structure you're going to take on. Generally, you know, a corporation might have a, a bunch of shareholders, but, you know, in terms of most states and how they handle licensing probably would not need to be disclosed. You would just, you know, do your officers and that would make it super easy. So really, um, you know, you can, you can, you can make it as simple or complicated as you, as you want to. However, you're, you're just going to have to be careful and put some guardrails in place because it, it could get out of hand real, real quick and, and make it harder on you, harder on the regulators and harder on your investment team. You know, one thing I've run into is people who come with this lovely idea that can't be done. Well, I want to be a, a distiller and a wholesaler and a retailer. Right. And I'm not sure I know a state that allows you to do all three of those things. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, that would uh, that would probably not be uh, an American company you would be starting if you want to be able to do all those <laughs> all those things. Thanks, three tier. Awesome. Uh, anything else legally they should think of when getting started? Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like you know the the, the structure is probably the big one, which kind of you know, it's, it's the, it's the domino that kind of gets everything else going kind of once you have that, then you can solicit money, then you can open your bank account, then you can file for, you know, your trademarks in terms of like what your branding is going to be, or at least start looking into that, you know, you can, you can take on a, and, and maybe you've hired a lawyer and accountant prior to now, but, you know, again, just kind of added legitimacy to what, you know, I, I am, I'm going to do this business versus, um, you know, just being a, a brewery and, planning or brewery and dreaming, um, you know, how, how serious are you actually going to be? Awesome. Thank you. So Dustin, let's move to you from a functional operational perspective. Um, what does, uh, someone need to think about to lay the groundwork in your world? I think one of the first things we want to understand is, is kind of what, what is the business model? What is your plan? How much beer are you trying to make and how are you selling it? Um, whether that's through a tap room, through satellite tap rooms, through distribution, those will kind of change what type of building you're looking for. And then obviously your production volume, how much beer you want to make, what you want to start with, what you may want to grow into. Um, those are kind of the first things that we look at to understand really kind of what type of building and site are we going to be looking for for your operation. Um, so, and once we can kind of establish those things, we can then start also looking at what the utility demands are for that system and that operation. And if we're looking at an existing site, potentially you know, something that we might lease, we start evaluating spaces based upon what utilities they have, what improvements may need to be made, and kind of start working up a budget of what needs to happen. Um, really important just to kind of, that's probably the first step is, is thinking about how much beer do you want to make and how do you want to grow? And that can really dictate the, the space and the and the, the property that we look for and helping them lay that out. Because it can be impacted by um, zoning, uh, local municipal codes, um, building codes, which vary by state. Um, so you know, that, that's probably the very first thing that needs to be figured out. Awesome. Um, so how does one go about finding a place I mean, and, and making sure that it does all the things it needs to do. Well, once we have, once we kind of have that, that kind of model of their business plan of what they're trying to do, then we can kind of make some assumptions on um, how, how many square feet we need for this facility, what the utilities are. We start looking at um, towns and neighborhoods that they're looking to go into, assess the zoning requirements in those areas, identify zones that might be um, easier for them to go into that might have, um, provisions within their municipal codes that allow breweries by right and tasting rooms so that we don't have to go through special use permits. Or if we do have to go through use permits, work that into the program as far as time and cost to get through those use permits so that we know those going in ahead of time and not get surprised by something later when we have an anticipated opening date that has to be pushed back six to 12 months because we have to go through a use permit process. So we start looking at at those at those neighborhoods and those zones and then start identifying properties 
we can really kind of write up a, uh, a scenario of what type of property we're looking for. How big is it? What utilities does it have? And what zones and neighborhoods does it need to be in? You can give that to your real estate agent to locate properties. And once they start locating things, then we can look at each one individually and do kind of a feasibility analysis of it as to how well it matches all of those components and where is it deficient. And then we can assign you know, costs to those deficiencies and, and what it's going to take to bring it up. So you can kind of analyze each one. And, and sometimes there's a property that is just located so well because of its um, exposure and um, ability to bring in your customers, but it may not have the utilities you need, may not have the right access and different things. And so you, we kind of weigh all the different things and try to give the owners their, you know, all the informed, all the information so they can be well-informed and make a decision um, with that. Um, there are all kinds of different things that come into play. Um, you know, parking is one of them. You know, if you're looking in an industrial area, those aren't necessarily parked for um, um, uh, assembly type uses where you're bringing a lot of people and guests in. Um, so, you know, how does that play? How does the city deal with that? Every municipality is different. Do they allow um, incentives because of where you're located or because your business type, or can you get shared use with either city lots or adjacent lots, or do you have to lease parking off hours in different places? There's all kinds of things that kind of play into it, but understanding, you know, what your, how big of a space you need, what you're trying to do and the neighborhoods and the, the properties that are well suited for what you want. And then just analyzing each one of those. Got it. That's a lot. <laughs> it is. There, there's a lot that goes into it. But the first step is how much beer you want to make and how are you going to sell it? And so understanding that sort of builds builds from the ground bottom up as to what you're going to need, what type of space, where is it going to go, and how, how is your business going to operate? And then the building and how it's designed should reflect that to be as efficient as possible. Great. Okay. Um, next, uh, Will. What 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 have what haven't we talked about? So, with your background of business plans and pro formas, and really kind of hitting all all the points that that Brooke and Dustin have mentioned, what else does a uh, a new brewery owner need to think about? Yeah. So you hit it in the nails. So yeah. So. Brooke just highlighted the importance of the legal and regulatory feasibility. Dustin highlighted the um, feasibility of real estate that he just mentioned. And uh, so what I like to do is um, compile all that into a spreadsheet. And uh, you know what it, and that's the pro forma, what I call a five plus one plus. <laughs> so what does that mean? So um, five year pro forma is your business in operation for five years. The plus one plus <laughs> means a year or two years needed for the pre-planning that both Dustin and uh, Brooke just highlighted. And okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you for a minute. What is a pro forma? So a pro forma is a spreadsheet that compiles uh, several input contributions. And, and to go down the list, it's revenue, direct costs or cost goods sold, personnel expenses and assumptions associated with that, business expenses, that's not part of cost of goods sold, a list of your assets, uh, the um, approach to taxes and excise taxes and sales taxes, 
and then financing. So um, the two. So basically, it's a big spreadsheet of all your costs and potentially all theoretically the money you'll make. Correct. Yeah. So it summarizes everything that goes in and everything that goes out. <laughs> so um, so how do you put a performance together? Um, and you know, so those are basically the building blocks of your business plan. And uh, and going through the process is sort of like a dry run of your business life for the next at least five years, which is uh, nice and uh, relatively cheap emotionally <laughs> and financially uh, to actually go through that process in a spreadsheet because you're going to hit all the points that both Brooke and Dustin highlighted. Um, so you know there are costs to let's just pick at what Dustin uh, mentioned a conditional use permit. You know, that's a time cost as an expense cost to the architect and probably other consultants. Um, and then there's, you know, you may tie real estate up, there's expenses associated with rent or whatever needed to go through that process. Pre-construction, uh, you know, Dustin's timeline uh, for pre-construction is, you know, what do you say, Dustin, like four to six months, sometimes plus? Yeah, it just depends a lot on the jurisdiction and what the plan check process is, but usually from design to submittal on some of the smaller breweries can be in the four to six month range. And each municipality will have a different time frame for the plan check process. So kind of building that into obviously pro forma, if you're going to be leasing a property and you're going to start paying rent before you're able to open, you've got to add that cost into your, into your budget. Yeah, correct. So all those costs are compiled into the pro forma and you know, what you call pre-construction costs including construction costs, right? So how do you how do you assume what your construction costs even before uh, design assumptions? So, um, you know, that's where we have industry metrics and, um, and you know, the real hard data uh, between, you know, Dustin and myself through our many years in the industry uh, is, is to put a number that's safe because um, easily construction uh, can really affect the performance. But um, yeah, so, and so it takes, it basically qualifies everything that we just talked about. It qualifies, you know, what is your product? How are you going to do it? You know, what's your assumptions? How many pints you're going to serve uh, over the counter? How many cans are you going to serve? How are you going to serve them? Whether it's over the counter, retail, distribution. Um, how? What other packages are you going to offer? Um, you know, not only in the house, but you know, um, distribution as well. Is it self distribution? Is so? I mean, the I'm I'm going to stop right there because I can go forever, but. Um, you know, but it's just putting all these assumptions together, giving you a dry run as to as to when you actually do execute your plan. Um, at least you've gone through it once. So it's almost like a training session. So what are some of the areas that haven't been mentioned? So we've covered legal. We've covered um, zoning and, and equipment and all those things in Dustin's world. But like, what else does a brewery owner need? What other areas will have costs that they need to consider going into this? Yeah, well, absolutely your approach to market, right? So um, so are you a brew pub? Let's just pick one uh, approach. So um, so the thing to take into consideration is the cost of equipment, which we call CapEx. Um, so that's obviously, that's sort of an easy one. That's everybody, that's the fun part per se. But then there's a the cost of doing beer. There's a, the personnel costs. Like right now in the state of California, we're facing a, a minimum wage increase. A substantial one, so obviously that's going to affect your performer. Um, so it's understanding uh, those things, um, you know, and even diving into labor laws and see, you know, what is your approach to uh, hiring personnel. Um, and then there's, you know, expenses, right? So 
you know, and then listing those expenses all the way down to the napkin, to uh, uh, carbon dioxide. Are you going to lease it? Are you going to buy um, down to your dishwasher? Are you going to lease it? Are you going to buy it? Chemical costs. I mean, so I go down to the granular um, uh, look at every single cost uh, to at least account for that. Um, another thing to research that that I see a lot of people struggle with is um, identifying point of sale. You know, there's a there's a dozen point of sale uh, products out there, and you know, one just because it works for a brew pub um, doesn't mean it works for a production facility. Another one is accounting, <laughs> accounting software, inventory, inventory control. So, I mean, so you name it. So once again, going through um, going through these uh, question marks it allows the person before they go into business to actually do this research uh, and to go interview this this industry is very collaborative you know starting with with this podcast and the contributors here there's a lot of people willing just to give information um, um, because a lot of people have gone through the pain <laughs> unfortunately awesome so there's a lot to think about and a lot to research and a lot to figure out um so that said and let's go uh, back to Brooke. What are some of the biggest challenges that you see new brewery owners face at this stage? Yeah, so um, really think the the biggest thing to say here is that honestly, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and that and 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 for me, you know, I I I, I talked about business structure, which is which is obviously very important. Um, you know, but, but, you know, but Dustin will have, you know, hit on some other things that, um, that I would almost call for purposes of legal, like maybe, you know, 1A and 1B, which is, okay, we've talked about what your company will be, but what are they going to do? Um, and, and do you know what you can or can't do and what the federal and state and local laws on that might be? Um, kind of give you to, you know, if we're telling stories or something like that, I was just kind of perusing some of my, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll just call them closed files, um, just to see like, you know, some of the things that have, you know, um, come into our office where people were just kind of gung-ho, like, you know, just kind of tunnel vision, I'm doing this, this is what we're doing. Um, and, you know, those things didn't work out, whether it was, um, let's just see here, just, just to throw some ideas out. Um, you know, a a daughter who wanted to start a distribution company for her father's brewery, but they still lived under the same roof. Well, it's illegal in our house to, or in our state to have, you know, two licenses under a roof for family members or, you know, a, a guy who um, had already, you know, done all his branding and all this stuff, fully committed to this one idea, comes in the door to start his brewery. A uh, little trademark clearance shows. Oops, yeah, you can't use that name or that branding. Oh, what do I, you know, what do I do? Or, um, or uh, let's see, uh, a guy who wanted to homebrew and then self-distribute beers for um, weddings and special events. Yeah, I mean that's probably not going to fly. Um, you know, here's a here's a zoning one where he wanted to start a, a you know a brewery on his on his property, which uh, uh, which was illegal in that county to to do, <laughs> um, or this like a self-delivery type. So like there's, there's tons of different, um, wrinkles depending on where you are located and what is allowable, um, by your regulators. And so, you know, for me, that's, that's the, that's, that's almost the, on the legal side, that's the biggest challenge you might face is that 
and maybe you do know what what those laws are and you come well research on it but most of the time at least what we see you don't know what you don't know um and so that's 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 where you might you know come to uh come to me or or, or will or dustin you know just for you know kind of some expertise on that just just to make sure we're you know we're kind of shepherding you in the right direction and kind of managing your expectations for you know what what your company is going to be and what it is able to do um so that's what i would say awesome dustin um <clears throat> i'd have to say you know maybe compromising when you when you find a property that you may be dead set on for whatever reason um and then before it, and bringing us in early which oftentimes we don't get brought in early enough and find a problem with the property um so you know i think that's that's a that's a big one and then being able to compromise when that building may have deficiencies in some way whether it's operational or or, or for building codes and and understanding you know things that are going to have to be done to bring it up to speed if it doesn't have enough electrical service and the, the cost that it's going to take to upgrade that service or um you know building just doesn't work because it's you know an industrial building never meant to house a hundred person tap room and you don't have a way to get everyone out of the building safely um without major modifications or maybe triggering a spring fire sprinkler requirement adding sprinklers to a building and, and a paying for sprinkler improvements in a building that you don't own um, there's all kinds of different little things that kind of go into play and those are some of the analyses that we do when we start looking at feasibility of a property so we know those things ahead of time um, and understanding the cost and time to get open we see a lot of uh um, unrealistic timeframes and budgets, not really understanding what it's going to take. And there's all different levels. I mean, you can, you can try to open a, a brewery at a bare bones budget, but you have to understand what you're losing doing that. You don't want to saw cut and trench your floors property. Well, you're going to have problems with de uh, degradation of the concrete. You're going to have, uh, issues with drainage that are going to be a constant problem for the life of the brewery you're, you know if you think you're going to do it later that's i don't think i've ever seen that happen um so you know trying to understand where you really need to spend that money and what it's really going to take to get the brewery operation operational off the ground um understand how much time it takes to find a property um we often have guys say hey we're we're shopping we're, we want to be open by next year um we don't even have a property yet you're not going to be open next year um you need to you got to have that property probably in negotiations or under contract to be open within a year if you're lucky um, we often find clients that we start doing feasibility studies from properties on, and we can look at dozens of properties. It could take a couple of years to find the right property for the business. Um, you know, I think those are some of the, the initial kind of biggest ones and, and challenges that we see. There's things that come up during plan check. I mentioned it before, parking requirements, um, potential life safety issues with the, with the property, getting, getting your, your, uh, your equipment inside the building you know it's brewing equipment can be quite large is it going to fit through any existing openings that are there if they're not what's it going to take to to get that equipment in and thinking about expansion how you add equipment later um just all kinds of little bits and pieces like that um are things that some of the biggest challenges we see with kind of any property making an existing property that was never meant to be a brewery work as a brewery um just because a brewery is a really dynamic different type of project that doesn't really exist in any other industry where you're mixing manufacturing and hospitality on the same property. Um, there's not, I, I can't think of another industry that does that. 
So there's not a whole lot of existing buildings that were meant to do that from the beginning. Have you run into situations where owners say, oh, I can do that myself. I can do that myself without any realistic idea of what that would take or, or the cost or the time. And then, then having to reintroduce all of that cost in that time. Yeah, I think that I think we see a lot of, especially some of the uh, the kind of go from homebrew to professional brew level people thinking about that they can do a lot of these things themselves. There's no, there's only they they can only do so much. If even if just a matter of time, they're, they're only one person. There's some things that you really need to you need to have the right professionals in place. We see a lot of people you know, putting their floor coating on for themselves. That that's a very specialty. Um, application and it is 90% dictated by the prep work that's done on that floor um, before you put that coating down. And if it's not done perfectly, it's going to fail. Even well done floors can fail, but it, it's a it's a very tricky thing to do. And if you think you're a good handyman, you can put in a proper floor coating in a brewery. I think you should think again. Just like if you think you you know you um, you you think you're great and you can do all of your accounting, you can do all of your own legal work that's not going to happen. You know, this, a brewery is a, as a, as a good size operation, there's a lot of things going on. You need to trust the, 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 the professionals to get it done right. And to help kind of take some of that burden off your back. You've got planning to do um, th that uh, taking on a lot of that construction on your own is it can be very uh, time consuming and draining. So maybe finding some of these resources at this stage in the game would be wise. Yeah, bring them on as early as possible, even if it's just to uh, you know, start getting them lined up, interview who you like, who you want to use, even if you don't need them yet, but get them in the loop and let them know that you're there and you're going to need them and, and um, you know, getting them on your, on your side. Very important to do that as early as possible. Awesome. Thank you. And William, what have you seen? What are some of the biggest challenges you've, you've seen with new brewery owners? Um, I mean, Dustin hit them all. Um, I probably could name the brewery for every single situation he mentioned <laughs> because we've seen it all. Um, so just to reiterate, uh, time and money expectations is an absolute huge one. And um, and what was just highlighted, even um, you know, your own time, right? As as the startup, as the owner. So um, so yeah, once again, it's it's you know, identifying what your constants are. And that's, that's the whole thing about the performance. It's like, what's, con what's constant, what's consistent. Cause usually somebody has uh, what I call an one unfair advantage, if anything, right. But hopefully identify one. So what is it? Do you just, are you sending a bunch of money that's inherited to you? Are you sitting in a property that you want to develop that belongs to you? Um, you know, or, or there's, there's always something that that's particular to your motivation, your source of motivation. And then, uh, and then, so everything else becomes a variable. Um, so, so then it's, it's identifying those variables, right. And then putting contingencies to those things. So, um, I'm trying to be very, very high level, but you know, uh, if, if this were the last, last, anything you would get out of this podcast is time and money is definitely something you need to get established hundred percent. Got it. So actually, Laura, what have you, so Laura and I have a little experience too. So Laura, what, what have you seen as a, a challenge with some of the folks you've mentored and worked with? Um, I think that the, the things that you count on that don't end up being real are the hardest pieces I've seen people have to wrangle with. They count on their trademark being available. They count on 
the space being available. They count on um, financing, being able to go through only to run into something really bizarre. Um, I think some of the, the assumptions that we make really turn out to be a problem. And I, I think that time, time and being able to do it all yourself is the one that I've seen the most. I don't need to hire somebody to do that. I don't need to um, allow that much time. I don't need to allow that much money. Um, we can do it for less than that. Of course, it's not a problem. Those are the kinds of things that I see the most. And, and it would be nice to be able to nip some of them at this stage of the game rather than in getting farther down the line and really having to retool everything. What do you think? Totally agree. And I think the, the biggest challenge that, that hasn't been mentioned that, that I see at this stage too is potentially owners who haven't communicated with each other as much as they probably have needed to. Uh, I feel like this is kind of the point where things start getting real. Um, it's not just a dream. Like this is where it, it starts. The reality starts to sink in a little bit of how much it's going to cost, what needs to happen. And, you know, if, if they haven't really been through the nitty gritty with each other yet, this is where that starts to happen. So I actually had one client at this point who insisted from day one, they were going to be 50, 50, um, even advised against it, started their capital raise, raised money. And then before building the brewery, like really at this point, one owner was like, you know, I think I'm worth a little bit more. And we had to do a whole mediation negotiation of ownership percentages when they were rubber was ready to re meet the road because they hadn't really thought it through from the beginning. And that your your co-owner relationships are a huge issue that you need to be very open and communicate with each other from the very beginning make sure you're you want the same things from this this venture but that that's the one thing i've kind of seen like i said that hasn't already been mentioned one of the things we've seen at some of the workshops we've done all together is the is the uh the owner who expected to still be making six figures um and I think that some of that comes through at this stage of the game. You know, if you're not planning to be on site all the time, or if you were planning to be on site all the time, like who's helping you? And I, I don't think you need to do your hiring at this point necessarily, but you need to know, are you going to have a taproom manager or are you going to be that person? Are you going to have, to Will's point, are you going to have an accountant or are you going to be that person? Um, I think it's a good thing to think through that because that, that really affects your viability. And I will also say that, you know, when you have one owner who is the one who's going to be on site versus the one who's not, that that's part of your contribution. That's part of your what you're putting into the company is that time. That's what equity, um, whether you're getting a salary or not, there is a difference there. And again, another story where I had one client who when they started one partner was going to be on site running it and the other was not. And so they set their equity respectively. Well, then life happened and it ended up being the opposite as in like for the person who was going to be on site versus the one who wasn't, but they forgot to change the ownership based on that until there became an ownership issue. So, um, 
you've got to, I think that's the other, the other thing too, is maybe staying on top. It's, it's hard to stay on top of everything, which is why you need other people helping and other, other hands in the mix, because when things change, you need to deal with everything related to that change. Um, and kind of always kind of keep your eye on the big picture while doing all the details. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Dustin, you've seen a lot of people deal with sticker shock. Yes. Yeah, quite a bit. Just unrealistic um, expectations for budget and timeline. Um, you know, we, we get, you know, the first question I ask is, what size system are you looking at? Where are you looking at doing it? When do you expect to be open and how much do you expect it to cost you? And that can really give me a good feel for how realistic they are. Okay, so we're kind of coming to the end. So what would final words of wisdom, best piece of advice you could give to a, a startup owner at this stage? Uh, start with Brooke. Uh, so this might be sacrilege to say on the start a brewery podcast, but maybe don't start a brewery. Um, seriously, think about, you know, the things that we've discussed. I mean, believe in your plan, believe in your numbers, but don't force it. Um, also don't half-ass it, full-ass it if you're going to do it. Um, but seriously, make sure that, that what you're doing, that your numbers work. Otherwise, you know, if you've seen the movie, the money pit, well, you, that, that could be, that could be what you're, what you're entering into. Um, obviously there's a lot of things to consider here. A, a lot of things can, can, and will go wrong. Um, we've talked so much about, you know, the money, the expectations, the time. I mean, these are all serious things that, that can, and will, uh, impact your, um, your company and your potential openings. So, so, and, and this is when it does get real. So, so truly, <laughs> truly give some thought um to these issues they're they're all so important but seriously don't don't be afraid to say well may you know i like beer but may, may you know i don't have to start a brewery just because i like beer awesome dustin yeah i'd say just you know being willing to willing to change your plans and your expectations um you know one decision might impact another and how that could kind of change how things might go. You might say, you know, I'm going to start with this size system and make this much beer, but then you do your financials and maybe you need to make more to make that make sense. Your tap room budget and your, how you're managing things might be different. And it just kind of be able to change your, you know, the, just your business plan and your performer, they are subject to change. You got to start somewhere, make some assumptions to get it started. Then you kind of work your way through it and change those things as you go. And so your final result may end up being different than it looked like at the very beginning. And that's fine as long as you plan for that and know and not get bogged down by the fact that you know you you that you didn't want to do something a little bit differently. You have to be adjustable for what's going to thing. There are all kinds of contingencies that need to be counted for for cost overruns, unforeseen circumstances, changes in business business, you know, maybe some of your partners fall in, fall out, you know, different people coming and going, being able to adapt to that. And, and then I'd say, listen to your and trust your consultants, consultants, you know, in this group in particular, we've been doing this a lot of time, long time. We've, we've seen just about everything. Um, we know what the best practices are for, for building a brewery, setting the, your correct expectations for timeline and budget. 
and on my side, understanding what your permit and construction requirements are going to be. Um, and don't do it all by yourself. Um, know what you're good at and not only what you're good at, but what you're able to handle on your own. Don't take on too much that you just end up um, overstressed and not able to, to find it through to the end. Awesome. William. So my uh, one one sentence would be planning the, I mean, sorry, failing to plan is planning for failure, right? I think that's super true. So, um, and that's it. Just come up with the business plan, um, whether it's through a performa or a narrative. Um, and then uh, to Dustin's point and also Brooks, just like, you know, do a quarterly review, uh, not only during the planning stages, but even when you're in business. Cause yeah, the, the ball moves, the market moves, trends change um trends are constantly changing and um and yeah just uh you know identify your resources you know identify your weak spots and um and address them um you know either through finding you know the additional resources to shore it up um and and also just it allows allows you to pivot as well because you're, you're constantly pivoting right so so yeah that that's it it's literally just Put it on paper, put it on a spreadsheet and perform a convert that to a business plan and um, and then and then, you know, and then consult with the right people before you do your move. So that's that, that would be my advice. Awesome. Laura, what about you? Um, I, I think I'm going to just kind of reinforce that piece of being realistic. Um, that covers a lot of ground. And, you know, to Brooke's point, there is a time where maybe this this plan at this time in this space in this place with this economy and this set of state laws or e-commerce or, you know, maybe it's just not the right time for that plan, you know, to to be fair and, and evaluating all the factors and not dismissing them because you really, really want this dream. Um, it may be time for that dream later, or maybe it needs to be a different dream. And I Having having lived through a couple of of um, startup ideas and watching it play through, especially this latest one with Dustin, the reality of yes, it's going to take that much money. Yes, it's going to take that much time. Is that really something that you can stomach? Um, again, just being real, being fair, being objective, and trying not to get lost in the emotional piece of it. What do you think, Candice? Where where do you weigh in here? Well, I agree with everything everyone has said. And I'm going to, I'm going to go back to, to Brooks, you know, start a brewery is we're not necessarily encouraging people to start a brewery. We're, we're talking about, well, the reality of starting a brewery. And I have often joked that the more people I convince not to open a brewery, the better job I'm doing. But what I definitely tell everyone is you don't open a brewery to make money. <laughs> there are a lot of easier ways to make money. You open a brewery <laughs> because you love beer, you love what you do, you love to brew, and you can make a living, but there are a lot easier ways to make money. And the other thing kind of that follows along with that is to make sure don't just take on any investor who wants to give you money. Money is the easy part. Sounds funny, but um, and again, a story to illustrate is I had two different clients that were having problems with their investor group. And one was just talking about how all they all the investors wanted were their distributions and their money. 
And the other was a client who literally was on the verge of bankruptcy. And I was at their investor meeting and their investors were more concerned about how the brewery owners were doing than about their investment. And I'm like, those are the investors you want. You want the investors who invest in you um, and your business, not the ones who are looking for a return on their money. Although, I mean, everyone wants a return, but anyway, it's it's not about the money. I mean, it is because it takes a lot of money, but I don't know. I'm not phrasing that well, but don't yeah. open a brewery to make money. At the end of the day, it's doing what you love. I think that's absolutely where it needs to be. When it becomes an investment, it becomes a problem. I think we've seen that consistently. Will, did you have another two cents you wanted to throw in there? Yeah, it's just, um, and, and just know that this is a business, right? So yeah, do what you yes. love. Uh, yes, but it's not a hobby. Uh, when you're in it, you're affecting people. You're affecting not only yourself, but your employees who rely on you, your patrons who who depend on you, your investors who who are also like you know uh, shouting for you as well, like um, rooting you on. So, uh, so yeah, it is just at the end of the day, take a step back. It is a business. Laura, I love that you said you know take the emotion piece out and leave let the emotion propagate through marketing. Uh, you know through through who you are, who your business is, what your identity identity is as a business. You know, that's where the passion, um, you know, should should be geared towards. Uh, but as far as the cogs, I mean, you know, the, the inner workings of the business, um, it is a business. And that's that's just uh, just taking things into perspective, that, that aspect. Very true. I think we should probably have some future podcast episode with Mary Bretman, who will say that over and over and over again. <laughs> that's one of her taglines. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. And thank you to our listeners for joining us now and in the future for episode 003 of the Startup Brewery podcast. We invite you to join us for our next episode, 004, continuing forward into the business plan and academic perspective. In this episode, we take a look at the business plan in its entirety, talking with those who teach the writing of business plans, including our own Candace Moon. This will be released on Tuesday, February 14th as our Valentine's Day gift to you. While you're anticipating the release of our next episode, feel free to visit the Startup Brewery website at www.startupbrewery.com, a free resource for those who are looking to open or grow their brewery. Be sure to look through the task lists offered for each stage of the process, plan, act, open, and grow, at the educational resources, and at the offerings from our savvy contributors in our growing library. You can also sign up for an occasional electronic update with new Startup Brewery contributors, content, events, and more great information on the contact page of the website. We also encourage you to explore the All About Beer website at www.allaboutbeer.com and perhaps pop in to enjoy one of their excellent podcasts as well. In the meantime, this has been Laura Lodge and Candice Moon wishing you a terrific day and thanking you once again for joining us on our podcast journey to start a brewery.